Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello and welcome to another episode of Making Tame Traces of Soy, the podcast all about surviving and thriving on a plant-based, zero-waste lifestyle. I'm your host, Rochelle, and if you're new around here, welcome to the podcast. We're so psyched to have you listening today. If you are a listener and you're coming back to listen to this one, thank you so much. Really appreciate that you are listening to the podcast and taking the time out of your day to listen to me waffle on about vegan stuff. <laughs> um, if you are new around here, we do shout outs on this show where you, the listener, can get in contact with us and you can ask us questions or you can suggest topics that you'd like to hear covered on the show, guests that you'd like us to interview. So you can hit us up on Instagram. We are Make Tain Trace of Soy or on Facebook and we will do a shout out for you on the next show. If you are new around here, just click that subscribe button or that follow button. And if you are on iTunes today, please go ahead and leave us a little rating or a review. It really, really helps the podcast to get up there so that more people see it and hopefully spread that non-judgmental vegan message. So this is our 10th episode, uh, and I wanted to do something a little bit special for that today. <laughs> Just Daniel's phone going off. Daniel's joining Sorry. us for the podcast today. Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Sorry, occasional, uh, you know, allowed to be on the podcast person, constant nuisance, not turning his phone messages yeah, could down you, and whatnot. Could you turn the sound off that, on that now? It, it's down now. It's down now. Okay. Well, <laughs> now that that's been done, we can move forward. Um, I'm a busy man. <laughs> so we are going to do today a very special episode to celebrate our 10th episode I'm really excited about this one. We're going to do our top 10 accidentally vegan treats because there is so much great stuff out there that is not marketed as vegan, but it is accidentally vegan. So we're going to be delving right into that one today. At this point, I would like to apologize for my little accidentally vegan treats uh, derivation of the Frente hit accidentally Kelly Street that I did in the first episode, I believe. That seems to have inspired the name of this podcast. It's a snappy title, and I don't know why I'm throwing back to my terrible uh, parody song. That's what we call a callback. We're doing a callback now on that one. Go listen to the first one. It's a great episode. The first one is a great episode, and by far our most downloaded episode. It's called Our Top 5 Tips for New Vegans, and it's a great one. Definitely check that out. So from 5 to 10, this is going to be a bit of a 10 for 10 episode, I believe. I mean, it's... We're 10 for 10, baby. (laughs) Okay, so... We're going to delve right into this. We're going to go one for one on this list. So I am up first and my first 
top out of my top 10 accidentally vegan treats is the praise 99% fat-free mayo. Now, I mentioned this on the first podcast, but in case you don't know, praise 99% fat-free mayo is accidentally vegan. There are no animal products in it, and it is so much better, guys, than the like the terrible soy mayos that people buy. I don't get why vegans buy it. Just get the praise 99% fat-free mayo. It tastes like mayo. Quick question. I've mm. not thought about this before, really, but um, do you think that the fact that that has had all but 1% of its fat allegedly removed is just due to it not having whole egg like the normal mayo. That's correct. That is what's happened. That's how it's 99% fat free. (laughs) They removed the egg. And so it became 99% fat free because eggs are full of fat and cholesterol. And they're not very good for you. (laughs) I mean, go check out what the health, that's all I'm saying. But yeah. Um, so that is my I first one. I have to one. praise you like a shoe. <laughs> we do love that mayo. And, you know, I just don't get why people do buy the soy mayo when you can have that one. It is so much nicer and it tastes so much more like mayo than like the, you know, the soy mayos or soy or veganaise. And I mean, who would want to support a struggling upstart when you can support a multinational company like I'm pretty sure the one that owns praise, right? I mean, you've heard it here first, folks. Yep, definitely go for the big brands. Don't support those emerging companies. Just don't do it. We're kidding, of course. Um, <laughs> it just happens to be, but that that's like, um, you know, back to what I was saying before when I was parodying the song, we have come a long, long way together because at various times over the nine years that my podcast partner and I have been together far before this podcast started, um, we did, you know, go towards praise 99% fat free anyway, because it tastes pretty bloody good for a mayo. And we're not here under any aspersions to be doing this or that. It's just, especially for the 10 best, um, accidentally vegan treats. This is one that we, Happened to have in our diet already and then found out inadvertently that it still fit our our shift in lifestyle. Yeah, because when I went vegan, I started buying the vegan mayo thinking that I had to get the soy mayo. And then I found, you know... That it was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Generally. No. I'm not saying there's not some good ones, but the ones we've tried have not been oh, as good. Look, I'm not a huge fan of the soy mayo. That's my, that's my point of view. It's just not for me. But... The, I found like on the accidentally vegan, um, you know, page for Australia, I found that you could get the 99% fat free praise mayo. So I was really sucked because it's nice to have mayo that tastes like mayo. We're going to go to Daniel's now. So you're. (laughs) Cut off. Look, I can't be trusted to editorialize anymore on praise mayo. It's all right, eh? I won't do any more fat boy slim bad piss takes. What I will say is that this is not. Technically speaking, an accidentally vegan treat because who would think that weird-ass bits of potato that are grinded down and then rebinded together somehow were not vegan in the first place. But potato gems, I mean, the fact that a lot of my favorite corn and potato chip flavors have some sort of milk solid holding that shit on, I don't know why they do, though. It just never occurred to me that potato gems, or tater tots as they call them in the States, would be vegan but i mean it's something that as i've followed a lot more vegans on social media i've noticed is a bit of a trend there like it's it's 
it's one of the food groups for a lot of vegans, I would say. It is one of the four food groups, guys. If you're vegan and you don't know this already, <laughs> really? potato gems are one of your four food groups. What are the other ones? Seriously. Uh, oh, no, no, you got it. Vegan magnums? <laughs> well, look, you're going to have to find the other two food groups out yourself. It's a bit of an Easter egg hunt. Keep listening to future pod- podcasts to find out the other two food groups, I guess. So that was our second in our top 10, potato gems. And, um, you know, potato gems are absolutely delicious. They really, I don't know, my appreciation for them has increased tenfold since we've been vegan. Oh, it has. And I mean, to be honest, we've usually just done a bit of canola spray, have a glass or two of wine, which I might have done before this podcast. I'm not saying I have, not saying I haven't, but, um, it's something we'd put in the oven, maybe forget it for a bit, flip it over. We, we do have a timer for the oven, so that's very helpful, but... We've had a bit of an oven phobia since long before we were vegan. And a friend of ours actually <laughs> earlier today was like, you guys have potato gems. Have you done them in the air fryer? And I tried to buy an air fryer for the household probably probably not more than six months ago. And look, why wasn't I allowed to buy the air fryer, Rochelle? Okay, look, because I may have... Did you Google air fryer? and I Googled with- air fryer and I saw that it apparently smoked a lot. Now... Right. The why, reason why, why is why, that a problem? Why would that freak me out? Let, let's delve right into that, listener. Um, so, listener, <laughs> listen, this is what happened. Uh, well before we were vegan, a couple of years back when we first moved into the apartment, I decided I was going to do a roast um, one afternoon on a Sunday, and it was a roast Sunday pork. Sunday roast, you say? That sounds harmless. Mm. What happened? It, it was a roast pork, and I was trying to create the crackling, and... Uh, how do you so, create the best crackling on the roast pork? You turn the oven right up and douse that shit in a whole bunch of olive oil and salt. And then the whole apartment the went rosemary, smoky. And rosemary. And then the <laughs> whole apartment went a bit smoky. And I was like, no, no, it'll be fine. We'll just open all the windows. And then, so we're in an apartment block that it turns out, this is what we discovered that day. The um, fire alarms are connected because it's a partially commercial apartment block and partially, like, the front part's commercial and there are offices it's, and it's then the back a, end. It's a reasonably large building. The back end is residential. Anyway, we didn't know this at the time, but because there is a commercial front part to our building, the entire fire alarm system is hooked up to get the um, police and the fire engines directly out here, like, the second that they go off. Um, so, I mean, hypothetically speaking, if that had gone off, the fire alarm, um, and we were both people who traditionally lived in Queensland, Queenslander being a colonial style kind of uh, architecture that we have up here north of the Tweed River in Australia. Yes, yeah, so we've spent most of our formative years making roofs <laughs> and setting off fire alarms and just going, oh, ah, she'll, she'll be, be right, right mate. Yeah, she'll, be, just, right, mate. she'll exactly, be right, mate. She'll be right, Yeah, exactly. You just, like, you take the batteries out of the fire alarm and you're good. And I was like, oh, this should be fine. We'll just... So, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to butt in here and say this is what happened. It started going off in the hallway and with this very ominous it's it seems less ominous now that we're in this state of kind of um big brotherism now but at the time this evacuate immediately um it it kind of filled one with a little sense of dread yeah so the alarm goes off and then a voice comes over the intercom and says evacuate now (laughs) evacuate now and i was like oh shit what have i done (laughs) yeah so um I'm, i'm out there in the hallway going Oh shit! This isn't good. I don't didn't have any shoes on. I didn't have a belt, but I had. I, I believe I had a pair of shorts that the that the button didn't do up properly on because we're just you know chilling in the house on a Sunday. I'm sitting out there. 
I think I had a Walkley magazine. Thank you, MEAA. I'll give you a shout out here because it was an actual Walkley magazine. It wasn't doing the job. I needed something a bit bigger and I sort of called inside and said, Rochelle, can you get something better for me to swipe the smoke away from this assumedly battery-powered fire alarm so this, this will stop? She heard my call, opened the door, jumped back out with a, a heavier set book and magazine in her hand. Uh, she had no shoes on either. She also realized that she'd locked us both out of the apartment at this stage. Yes, the door closed with a secure click and we were left locked out of the apartment with the fire alarm going off. And <laughs> a few moments later when we were downstairs wearing no shoes as well. Not, not just us, by the way. Not just us. Every resident of our apartment yes, complex. Got the apartment complex evacuated. Um, <laughs> and we're downstairs, no shoes on. We know it's our fault the fire alarm's gone off. And a whole bunch of We've been running our neighbours that day. We do. A lot of them have moved out since. I don't know that it's t- entirely our fault, but it, it could it be. It is partly our fault. <laughs> so, yeah, we're down there, no shoes on. The fire engines are pulling up and they're like, okay, so we know that it's come from this place and we're like, it's our fault. We did this. We've set it off. And they were like, okay. And I was like, and we've locked ourselves out. And they were like, okay, that's cool. We, you know, we will, um, we'll yeah, find a way to I, open I don't know if you door. mentioned that, but like when you came out, the keys, every key to the house was inside. Mm. And we, we, we decided that that was, well, we didn't really decide. It wasn't like we had a little board meeting about it or anything. It's, it's what happened. When we were downstairs, the fire, I've got to say Queensland Fire and Rescue, Queensland Fire Service, whatever the CBD version is called, they were so good. We came back up and we told them what had happened. We'd already turned the oven off by this stage, by the way, because we were worried enough about the smoke before we'd actually evacuated the building ourselves. They came up and we had one very friendly fire officer who said to one of his colleagues downstairs, yeah, if you could come up with the emergency, um, you know, with the emergency entry kit. And we thought... Cool, that sounds like some fucking awesome skeleton key shit like you see in the... Or you read about in the little, you know, children's fantasy novels when you're a kid. They'll get us in, no worries. The the emergency entry kit turned out to be, like, um, an axe, (laughs) a, a sledgehammer, and this big, like, metal wedge thing. And, oh, that was, that was really when hearts sank. The, the plan was to bust our door down, <laughs> which would have broken know. it. We would have not had a door anymore because it would have been busted in. And we were like, please don't do that. We are renting. So they went next door to our neighbors and our neighbors let them in. And thankfully, then, those thankfully, neighbors were yeah. a little bit... That, I mean, we, we, we were fine with our neighbors, but they we, we don't mind a beverage on our veranda and... They perhaps, um, we, we were friendly enough, but we, we were worried about the fire brigade knocking on their door saying, can we put a ladder down to the balcony below, then diagonally place it up to the next, uh, neighbor's place and come up and let them in through the, through the, um, sliding door. So thankfully they did, um, do that and our neighbors let them in. They managed to get in through our balcony upstairs and they were able to ascertain that there was no more danger because we turned off the oven and it was just our fault for making a smoky roast. Now, this will never happen again because we're vegan now. Thank God. But, but it was, we've... it's left me with a lasting fear of setting off the fire alarm in our apartment block. Like to the point where <sighs> if I even fry something and there's a tiny little bit of smoke around the kitchen or, you know, even steam, I'm like, is this going to do it? Is this going to set off the fire alarm? 
Man, have we both been triggered. We forgot we were talking about potato gems and how they're a great, accidentally yeah. vegan treat. They are. And um, to our friend Sean, who has a great podcast called... Well, excuse me, I have something to say. Recently featuring one of the two people on this podcast. Guess which one was allowed on that one? Me. I'll leave it up to... Oh, shh, you were supposed to leave it to the listener. Anyway, basically, they are great. They are vegan. They don't have milk solids binding those little bits of little bits of potato together. I don't know how they do it, but they don't do it with milk solids. We're going to try the air fryer soon, Sean. That's a really strange insight that we felt we had to give you into our our psyche and our fear of air fryers and potential smoke. Yep. So we've covered that. That was number two on the list. And we're almost 16 minutes into the podcast. Sorry, guys. Um, Okay. So number three on our top 10 of accidentally a vegan treats list is chocolate ripple biscuits by Arnott's. Now, I don't know if anyone out there has tried these or if you know that they're vegan already. I didn't when we first went vegan. And I was like, oh, my God, you can have these. They have no milk solids, no egg, you know, nothing like that. Like, it's amazing that they, man- they managed to make this delicious chocolatey biscuit without any of that. I would agree. We've discussed, and we're going to mention this in a future podcast if things go to plan, implementing this in some of our future dessert treats, but we'll leave that for another episode until we find out. Until we, you know, we haven't tested this technology yet. We're going to test that. We have the technology. We don't know if we do, but I mean... We might. We might have the technology. I mean, turn, it could be like it could be like Jeff Goldblum, though. It's like you know, we don't know just because we can do it whether we should. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot; we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ah, good point. Good point. Your turn, number four on the list. Oh, now you've let people know we've got a list. We were trying to be so ad-lib about this, but... We number- said at the beginning that this is a list of our top 10 accidentally vegan treats. You are terrible at this. You are terrible at <laughs> podcasting. All right, number four. Well, number four, anyway, regardless, is... I've talked about this before. I'm not going to delve too deeply into it. I'm going to say Cocoa Pops. Just like a chocolate milkshake, only crunchy. I mean, if you can handle... If you've had a soy chocolate milk, Trust me, the Cocoa Pops version is better. The bit at the bottom of your bowl still tastes really good. If you get the vanilla so good, it's bloody good. You know, if you're ever having just, I need a bit of a comfort thing. I don't feel like ice cream. I had enough of the savory stuff. I need something to satiate me. Try the Cocoa Pops with a bit of, I would say vanilla soy. If you don't have that, normal soy will do the job. It's a bloody good treat. That's all. 
That's one of your faves. It's one of my faves, yeah. Uh, number five on the list is popcorn. Specifically, I'm going to talk about the Woolworths butter flavor popcorn, which is butter flavored, yeah. Yeah, and it's accidentally vegan. Which I, I can't believe it's not butter, personally. That's a terrible joke. I know. It's terrible. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, that one is accidentally vegan, but popcorn in general is a great vegan treat, and it's a great zero-waste treat when you start buying the popcorn raw and making it yourself, because you can actually get it from the bulk buy bins, and then there's no plastic, and there's no packaging, and you are just getting the popcorn kernels themselves. I'd agree with that. One thing I would say is that um, it disappoints me that some of these brands, including this one, feels the need to put any plastic in there at all, because the bit you put in the microwave, that's that's not plastic. I actually think the bag that you put in the microwave does have some plastic coating inside of it. So I think you might be wrong there, but go on. I, I may well be. It, it's happened before that I've been wrong about one or two things in my time. And this may be a third even. Something that does bother me actually in general, I'm not going to go on a tangent here. We'll save this for another episode, is when companies like that, that are doing something that's a more eco-friendly treat might Put it in a not very eco-friendly package. But I reckon this is the topic for another episode. This is a pretty good treat, though, I reckon. It's a pretty easy... The fact that it's butter-flavored and not actually butter. I know. It's really odd. I think there's also a brand of Coles, like one of the particular Coles brands, because I had a look on some of the accidentally vegan pages yeah. ahead of this, and that's supposed to be a Coles brand that is also accidentally vegan. But I oh, don't really? know. Yeah. They're, they're probably being the same manufacturing plant, really. They probably are. But I just think it's, you know, popcorn is one of my favorite treats. It's like, you know, a celebration treat. It's a movie time treat. It's like when you have a night <laughs> at home and you watch a movie together, you have some popcorn. Might have been fed it for dinner as a child. Not going to go into that <laughs> now. But the thing is, I, I just, times. I love popcorn. Okay. There were tough times. There was a lot of kids in my family and I like popcorn. So. We're going to go on. Also, there was, the, I don't, what's it called? Sweet and Salty or something? This um, Woolworths variant of the brand. I just remembered. We had friends over the other night and I'd accidentally bought, I hadn't accidentally bought it. It was the only one available in pandemic shopping. It was like, we have three of this Sweet and Salty thing and it was still not showing any non-vegan ingredients on the ingredient list. It may have contained traces of things that weren't, but it, it didn't try to. And... I bought it, and I was kind of admonished when I got home. I was like, it was, it, it wasn't, it was like one of those, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed sort of, sort of looks and chats about, look, why would we get this? And I was like, you don't understand, there was none of the butter flavoured one there that doesn't actually have butter in it. This was sweet and salty. I thought it was worth a go. And it was under some old pasta when some friends came around and we were looking for something to have a bit of a nibble on. When we played some Nintendo Trivial Pursuit, it was unexpectedly good. And you didn't have to add anything to it. No salt, no vegan-friendly butter to spice it up a bit. It was pretty good, wasn't it? It was really good, actually. That one was so delicious. But yeah, popcorn in general, great zero-waste treat when you buy it bulk buy. Great vegan treat when you get the right brands. Uh, We're going to head along now to our number six treat on our list. Oh, is this mine? It is yours. No what? I've been eating this flavored noodle since I was a kid. It's it's not a cultured thing to say, but I'm going to say since about year four, when I was younger, <laughs> I'll just say younger, it was still just the 80s. 
there was chicken and beef noodles. One day I saw this thing called Oriental noodles. That was the height of um, cosmopolitan eating in the noodle variety at the time. And it was just a bit different to chicken. It was a bit different to beef. For all I know, it was both of those sachets mixed together with something taken out. Turns out, anyway, it is... I don't know if they've changed their recipe since then, but it's it's still vegan. It has a lot of flavor in hence the 621, 627, and 631, as all good snack foods of that nature do. But you add a few peas and corns and a bit of chili sauce and things to that. That's a really easy, like, l- really easy and really, really lazy um, meal to whack together. And for what equates to about somewhere between 50 and 75 cents, I'm going to say, depending on what the price is at the time for a five pack. It's a, it's a really good, easy to just whack together thing to eat. It's not like my favorite vegan treat. Like uh, it's, it's not cuisine, by the way. It's not upper class eating, but I've got no qualms in saying at least twice a week, I'm going to be eating a bit of Maggi Oriental noodle these days. Yeah. You do love yourself a bit of Maggi Oriental noodles. Now we're going to go along to our number seven on our top ten list of accidentally vegan treats. Now, this one is one that pretty much everyone knows, and that's Oreos. And it deserves to be on the list because Oreos are amazing. And who would have thought that, like, the little white, you know, sort of icing in there was not cream-based? But it's not, and there are absolutely no animal products. However, Oreos and some of the other items on this list may include... The palm oil, and if it has the palm oil, there are some vegans who will not have that, obviously, for ethical reasons, being that palm oil destruction is a huge issue for the orangutan environment. But well, yeah. Well, well, first of all, I love the white stuff, baby, in the middle of an Ario. I actually stole that from Weird Al Yankovic from a very bad parody song he did to The Right Stuff by the New Kids on the Block many years ago. But that has to be the most ridiculous and unpopular music reference you could have ever made. <laughs> You've made so many music references Listen, on this and that's the Venn diagram overlap of New Kids on the Block and Weird Al fans listening to this right now has to be huge. It has to be. Yes, out of our three listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we now have one. <laughs> Hello. How are you, listener? But anyway, um it is a good treat. I, I could not believe it was vegan. And I'm pretty angry at the Oreo just for existing because last week at one of our large multinational supermarkets, it was on sale for... You got you get this pack that's like three times... It's basically three rows of the normal Oreo sleeve in one, which on one hand is better for, you know, producing a little bit less waste perhaps. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting this in bulk. But you put that in a little container and you... You take it straight from that, put it into a container in your cupboard and you're working from home and you suddenly find, I need another coffee. Uh, I was finding, you know, incidental exercise, like I'm doing it again now because I've just gone back to the office and I made a point of when I could going back to the office because I needed a bit of work-life separation and it's quite sterile and the the social distancing and the hygiene is very good there, by the way, everyone, but I... I couldn't be trusted with the Oreos. I just was finding incidental reasons to go to the kitchen and coming back to my desk with three, four Oreos at a time. When you do that three, four times a day, that adds up to a lot of Oreos. One of my other favorite treats, 
And I alluded to this. Number are we up to? Number eight, guys. Number, number eight, eight about well, ten accidentally vegan treats. Look, I lost count because there are so many good vegan treats. Don't be fooled by by a big non-vegan that tries to tell you there are not good things because you can have your beer and Skittles too. Uh, something I alluded to on an earlier podcast, and I'm remilking that joke because it's true. Skittles, since I believe, I don't, I don't think it's urban myth. Hey, I do believe crushed some cochinella sort of colored beetle was used for the cochinella flavor or oh, well, the the color that they used for for some of the skittles and it's not now yeah that's correct there was a red uh coloring that was used in a lot of foods and it's still used in some foods it's called carmine definitely don't get anything that has carmine in it but it used to be in skittles no longer in skittles and now skittles are Vegan. Accidentally vegan. Accidentally vegan treats they're pretty sweet. Cool. So, yeah, Skittles is another one on our list. That is number eight. And? And they're pretty good. I mean, they're, they're something that's not held together by hooves and bits of um, connective tissue. They really kind of fill that hole when you just need a sweet thing and a go... A lolly? A lolly? A lolly. lolly. Sometimes you just need a lolly and maybe not all your teeth. And you kind of go, oh, I might chew this over here where that mole has kind of got a feeling that's coming out a bit. You know, be I'm not saying they're an everyday treat or an always treat, but um, but they do fill the hole and, you know, taste the rainbow, basically. You're, a little, you're, you're still allowed to taste the rainbow as a vegan. Yeah, you are. No, we no, are no. up to episode, we're up to <laughs> <laughs> number nine of our top ten accidentally vegan treats. And this one is the homemade appetizers entertainers pack. Not homemade, by the way. No, homemade. Daniel is questioning me on the pronunciation and I'm probably getting it wrong. It's 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 in your local large supermarkets freezer generally. Sometimes when you can get it on half price, I recommend whacking in your freezer because it's such an easy thing to make. It is, and it's got, you know, spring rolls and these little samosa-type triangles. Money bags. And money bags. And they used to, I remember, like, this, you know, probably yeah. even this brand used to have, like... I think they did. They used to have, I don't know, fish bits or something in them, but now it's all textured soy protein, and it's entirely vegan. And, you know, it's really, really tasty. It's a really quick one. And also, if you're having people over, dinner guests, it's a good appetizer, it's a good party food. It's for entertaining. Um, you can entertain between groups of two or more, from my experience, and we find it very entertaining. We do. I'm, I'm afraid we're getting a bit saucy here, and people are going to be afraid we're more than podcast hosts here. We'll never reveal our secrets. We we shan't. Basically, it's just a nice little like rubbish treat that's got some like chopped up cabbage, some. I've no doubt there's some flavor enhancer, be it 621, 627, or 631 in it. But it's All the favorites. There's your trifecta of that's going to taste good when you look at it on the back of a pack. The fact it's got no nothing that has hurt an animal to give you that like little endorphin boost, to me, that's, that's fine. Yeah, 100%. I really like... Um, and it's a good thing just to have in the freezer. It's a good thing to be able to throw on when you have friends coming over. They're not even going to think, oh, you've given us a weird vegan food. They're just going to be like, oh, yeah. Sort of, you know, spring rolls, samosas. I get this. This is food I'm used to. Yeah, because if you stop and just stuff your face with these little, like, fried morsels for a little while, they'll forget that you've not been telling them, like, 
vegan things for a bit and they'll forget that they're not eating vegan food really because they don't even know they're doing it they don't even know it's stealth veganism and now for our final of uh, uh, the final one on the list yep we are up to number 10 on our top 10 accidentally vegan treats and it is oh shit it's (laughs) it's it's vegan craft beer which is basically just for all intents and purposes a good deal of craft beer I mean, you're going to get some of your milky stouts from some of your specialty brewers that put a little bit of milk in there just by the fact that they are a milky stout or something. But for the most part, I would have to say, I've mentioned some of the brands before. I'm not going to go into it again because I don't want to give favoritism because there are so many brands out there of especially... No, I've mentioned a lot of those already. I'm going to tell people to go and do their homework and I should have done mine a bit better here because I don't want to mention the same few that I have already, but I will say... Stone and Wood, Newtowner. Newtowner is actually a brand. <laughs> I don't drink beer in case you weren't aware from the fact that I don't know well, that's the young, difference between a brand and the type of beer. I don't that, know. That's a Young Henry's Brew. Um, and look, there are a lot. I would say if you're in Brisbane, go down to Netherworld when it's reopened and ask them about their vegan beers. They have such friendly bar people there that will tell you about it. Go to Scratch Bar. I know people in other cities and countries even will know their local places. Feel free to hit us up in the comments and tell us about your favorite vegan um, craft beers. But I find a lot of the Galaxy Hops hopped ones are usually, more often than not, going to be vegan friendly. And a lot of those paleos are increasingly becoming vegan friendly, whereas... It used to be more just your Pilsners and your traditional, like, you know, those Heineken and, and traditional German hopped kind of beers, those ones that had the, the beer purity things that they followed. But these days, if you're not getting something in there that's kind of injecting a preservative in there to purposely make that beer be able to be on a shelf longer, then there's a good, you know, more than 50% chance, I would say, without having done my homework properly to back that up, that that's going to be a good vegan beer. And if that's not the case, then perhaps you need to kind of go, why is this beer that I'm drinking so regularly got some preservative injected into it? And is that going to make my hangover worse? I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it isn't. But just maybe maybe try a new beer if your beer's a bit shit and you're getting a bad hangover and you find out it's I don't know, perhaps synthesized through some sort of weird part of a fish or or some other weird animal part that it needn't be when you can just have a tastier beer that's probably going to be done by a smaller brewer, not support a multinational as much and just frankly taste better and, and give you less of a hangover. I mean, who's the loser here? Not you, because you've got your vegan beer. So... <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode, our top 10 accidentally vegan treats to celebrate our 10th episode of the podcast. So exciting, guys. And just because my joke wasn't overwrought enough, I'm going to say my last two recommendations are proof positive you can have your beer and your Skittles. It's not all beer and Skittles being vegan, but you can still have your beer and Skittles and... He's just reused a joke from the first episode. So I have. So if you haven't heard that one, go back and have a listen. Yes, it's funnier the first time around, guys. I promise. I really don't have any comeback for that. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It was funnier the first time. But if you want to hear a funny version of that joke, 
and you've not heard the first episode, go back and listen. You're listening to the first episode and somehow now we're saying this on the other episode, then I don't really know what to tell you. Um, I think you should tell them. Sorry, I think you need to apologize to our listeners right now. Especially the time-traveling ones I'm just talking about now. I don't know how this yes. works. Yeah, the time-traveling ones especially apologize to them. They have all kinds of technology that we don't have access to. I say sorry to you on all timelines, and can you please get me back somewhere to see a gig? That would be great. <laughs> um, look, I've not been vegan for that long, but if you take me back to Big Day at 1998, I'll go there sober, to be honest. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see a gig right now. I'm going a bit crazy. He is. So <laughs> that was our top 10 accidentally vegan treats for our 10th episode special celebration. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I, you know, there wouldn't be a lot of point if there weren't people out there listening to it. So thank you so much. If you are new around here, just click that subscribe button. If you are on iTunes, definitely leave me a little rating or review. Let me know what you think of the podcast. And we will catch you in a week. 